trailing three. Good protect. Pass the right cross. Oh, touchdown. Tampa Bay. Oh, Jay Howard. Fire them cannons. What a play. We are Bucks Nation, SB Nation's team blog for your Super Bowl 55 champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Come fan with us at BucksNation.com. Episode 7, Season 3 of the Bucks Nation Podcast kicks off now. Hey, Bucks Nation, welcome into the Bucks Nation Podcast, our special 2021 NFL draft coverage continues. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at JCBucksNation. Joining me is my number one dude, my co-host, Chris Schoenhair. What's going on, my friend? What up, Bucks Nation? <laughs> you feeling good tonight? Hell yeah. Dude, we're Hell talking yeah. third round, so we have been doing a three-part series called On the Clock. We have covered the first round, the second round. We are now heading into the third round, our last and final part of the three-part series. And I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked about this because we get to wrap it up with some really fun picks here. You and I were just doing our pre-show and talking about some of these guys that we, we couldn't help but continue to talk about these guys. And so I'm really excited for our listeners to hear that. We have been covering from pick 32 all the way to pick 95. And here we are, round three, pick 95. We're going to be talking about Bucks prospects heading into that third round. I first want to break up some news that just came out from Adam Schefter. Kansas City trades with Baltimore, and you're trading away their first round pick, pick number 31. Baltimore, here's what Baltimore gets for it. Baltimore receives Kansas City's first round pick 31 and three other picks in 2021 and 2022. Kansas City receives, this is the big prize right here, Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown. That dude is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And this dude, I'm surprised they traded him. I think Baltimore needs, they need to protect Lamar Jackson because they can't afford him to be running outside the pocket as much as him. You know, him and Patrick Mahomes, they just run outside the pocket too much. Dude is a good offensive lineman obviously towards the end of the year we saw Kansas City and their offensive line struggles now some say that that was the reason oh that's the reason why the Bucks defense was able to penetrate because we were down three offensive linemen and blah 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 Kansas City receives Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown one pick in 2021 as well as one pick in 2022 real quick what are your thoughts you know I think Orlando Brown is moving from one very different system to another. I mean, the the Ravens are a run first offense and he's doing a lot of those, you know, the the zone blocking and and the blocking down and stuff like that and and with Patrick Mahomes, he's he's going to be pass protecting the majority of the time. The Chiefs are a pass first offense. So he's going from one of the most run heavy offenses in the league to one of the most pass heavy offenses in the league. And it just makes me think that uh, Baltimore likes somebody at where Kansas city was, or, or they like a tackle at their pick that they, that they are going to be able to grab in the first round here. And- I would normally agree with you, except they ran like shit last year. Uh, it, so honestly, from a fantasy perspective, of course, you're looking at JK Dobbins. You're looking at uh, Mark Ingram, those guys. I mean, what most of them were hurt. They were not running that ball. And who was running? Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson actually had the most rushing yards on the on the team, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that. And Greg Roman's offense is built around the run. So even though they might have sucked pretty bad at it, they still did try to do it as much as they possibly could. So, Chris, let's go ahead and kick it off with our round three pick number 95 coverage. We are on the clock. Round three pick number 95. We are covering a guy from Memphis. Yeah, no, I'm looking at Kenneth Gainwell. He's a running back, 5'11", 190 pounds out of Memphis. And it seems like the past few years now, Memphis has just been pumping out running backs. They got Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, Antonio Gibson. And, and you know, I think in, in 2018, Gainwell did not play a lot. He only played in four games and had four carries because he was pretty much sitting behind Daryl Henderson and, and Tony Pollard. Um, but in 2019, this guy went off. And he played in 14 games. He had 231 carries for 1,459 yards. And for those of you that can't do the quick maths out there, that is 6.3 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns on top of that as well. But it's what he brings in the receiving game that is really bringing me some excitement because he had 51 catches, 610 yards, and three touchdowns from a receiving standpoint. And what's even more exciting about him, and and I seem to really be the kind of guy that loves to have pass-catching running backs and and that. That's just because, you know, I, I love seeing Brady throw to running backs and he, he seems to love it too. Um, Gainwell can, can line up out wide. And, and I mean, line up wide, wide towards the sideline. And I saw him run a few go routes. He was catching balls on the sideline, put toe tapping, keeping the, keeping his feet inbound. And, and he's just such an exciting, exciting player because of that. But on top of that, in the run game, he's more of an outside runner. Um, he can't really go between the tackles because he is that smaller 190 pound kind of guy. But yeah. when he gets through the hole, he explodes. He has that burst and he has that open field aloof- elusiveness that you just love to see out of somebody that is smaller like that. And he has that top end speed to just take off 60, 70 yard touchdowns. And that is that is all we've seen from him. And he's he's just a big play waiting to happen like some other guys I was talking about. I was just watching a little bit on Kenneth Gainwell. And as you were explaining it, I'm watching this dude pop out to the outside and just streak that sideline. You know, he doesn't run along the seam. Like you said, he doesn't run up the middle. He's not a downhill runner or anything else like that. I almost feel like he should be a wide receiver maybe even a kick returner. We're going to get into another running back prospect in the third round. Could we be looking at picking up two running backs, maybe in the second and third, that could be complementary to each other, a downhill bell cow running back and a pass catching running back like Kenneth Gainwell. I think you've got to get the other guy to be able to compliment you though. And we'll get to him in just a second. You're listening to Bucks Nation special 2021 NFL draft coverage. We're breaking down the Buccaneers third round pick at pick number 95 of the 2021 NFL draft. We were just talking about Kenneth Gainwell running back out of Memphis. Fast, speedy guy can bounce to the outside and get down the field. He's very fast. He's elusive. Uh, Great pass catching running back. Now we're going to switch to the other side of the ball. And I've got a guy out of USC, South California. I I, I know you don't like USC, Chris. Hate him. (laughs) For those of you that don't know, for those of you that don't know, Chris Schoenherr here is a UCLA alum, so obviously is not a USC fan. But this is a safety from USC, Talanoa Hufunga. Talanoa Hufunga. And we all love those Polynesian guys. So let's go ahead and, ta- and break this dude down. Um, he was fun to watch, by the way, Chris. He was really fun to watch. This dude's 6'1", 215. They have him listed on the draft network. They have him eventually starting, and and I'm assuming he's not an immediate starter. However, the biggest word that kept coming up is versatility. 
He's versatile. And what I saw was very much how Todd Bowles plays Antoine Winfield Jr. coming in from the outside, very much a stunt player. Hufunga was making more plays behind the line of scrimmage than he was making downfield. And I thought that was pretty remarkable. When I was watching USC, when I was watching this tape, I'm sitting here feeling like this is a Buccaneers defense. It was very much like pull the two guys in the middle back and flank the quarterback from the outside. It was blitz from one side, you know, draw them over and then hit them with the safety on the outside. Like those types of plays were what I was seeing there. Great eye on the ball too. I was seeing him that he does not let too much get past him and he's able to actually anticipate the play. And you even mentioned to me earlier that it's rare that you get to see a college guy, you know, actually anticipate a play that's typically a professional type of move. So this guy was able to do that fairly successfully on several plays in his highlight reel. So I, I, I like how that turns out. Uh, just some brief stats real quick out of 2020 shortened season, of course, but he's still reeled in 40 tackles, three forced fumbles, four interceptions and a pass deflection because of COVID. You've got to naturally look at 2019 and 2019, 58 tackles three and a half sacks. That's where his big play potential was coming in with those stunts and, and making those sacks, two forced fumbles and three pass deflections. Dude runs a 4.640. Uh, I think he's he would be fun to play with. And this is the first safety, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first safety we've been talking about. And actually in yesterday's episode, in episode six, we were talking about, we're not we're not talking about safety. So I guess we're we're okay there, right? Not a bad time to finally pick someone up. Yeah, no, I love it. And and especially because of that versatility that you're talking about. I mean, in this Todd Bowles defense, he is he's the kind of coach that wants to have players in that sort of Swiss army knife role looking at Antoine Winfield Jr. specifically. I mean, he put he sits in the box, he sits deep, he's got that range, he's got the ability to blitz. And if the Bucks can bring in anybody else like that, you know, if something goes on with an Antoine Winfield Jr. where he gets hurt or something, then you could bring a guy like him in. And he can sort of just pick up where Antoine Winfield Jr. left off. Looking at Jordan Whitehead, he's a single role guy. He's a he's a box safety. He's a hitter. He's a kind of guy that's going to get behind the line of scrimmage. And then looking at Mike Edwards, he's more of that rangy can can really guard the the back um, the back side of the defense and can really stop some stuff from going over the top. But in terms of the versatile role, Antoine Winfield Jr. is pretty much all they got right now at safety. So bringing in another someone like that would be an absolute fantastic pick. So I, I love that pick, Jason. You're listening to Bucks Nation podcast. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. But when we return, we're going to go ahead and break down another potential running back that may fall to the Buccaneers at pick 95. You guys don't want to miss it. You're listening to Bucks Nation. We'll be right back. Welcome back in Bucks Nation. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. Sitting beside me is my fellow co-host, Mr. Chris Schoenherr. What's up, my band? Hey, hey, what's up? So we are talking about the Buccaneers pick number 95, round three. We've already talked about a couple of guys here. We've talked about Talanoa Hufunga out of USC, and you like a guy out of Memphis running back, Kenneth Gainwell. Both could be very reasonable prospects in the third round. Uh, and again, we can pick whoever they want, right? Because the Buccaneers are playing that long view game. Who can be playing in two plus years uh, once this current team kind of starts fizzling? Well, let's go ahead and continue on 
talking about some of the draft picks. But before we do, I want to bring up one other thing. This is a fun little note here. I saw on social media, Derek Brooks, double nickels on social media. 26 years ago today, Chris, him and Warren Sapp joined forces 26 years ago today. And now they're in Canton wearing gold jackets, having a dandy time. (laughs) 18 years ago, winning (laughs) Super Bowl 37 together. This is what Derek Brooks said on social media. I was greeted with this special message from my guy, Warren Sapp. I could not be more grateful to share our NFL journey together all the way to Canton. Bus number 280 and number 281. Pretty cool. Pretty cool message, man. And it's exciting. 26 years ago, two Buccaneer legends right there. Joined forces 26 years ago. God, I feel old. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel uh, I feel pretty old myself. Well, I guess can't be that old because I am 26 years old. Um, So, (laughs) oh, my God, you were a baby. You were just born. Just born when when they got what what month. what, What month is your birthday? November. Okay, so you weren't even born. When they joined forces, you were not even born. Actually, are we even nine months away? You may not have even been conceived. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, now you made me feel really old. Now you made me feel old, dude. (laughs) 18 years ago, man, I remember that, 2003, and Evan and I were talking about where were we when the Buccaneers last won their Super Bowl. And uh, it, it was I was actually just getting out of the Army when they won their Super Bowl last. Two great legends joining forces 26 years ago today. I thought I'd make a little special shout out, but we are not here for that. Even though we love our legends, we are going to continue on talking about pick number 95 in the round three for the Buccaneers. I'm going to talk about this prospect. I'm, I'm, I'm super high about this guy because I wasn't at first. And for one, I'm not an OSU fan. Uh, but this guy... Really, like I was watching his film, he got me really excited. Out of the Ohio State, I guess that's how they say it, the Ohio State. As pretentious as that is. (laughs) (laughs) Trey Sermon, running back from OSU, uh, played with Justin Fields, obviously a top five prospect. Apparently, he doesn't have very good hands. I've seen some good playmaking from this individual, and I'm telling you, I, I like what he can bring. He's one of those guys that will be a downhill runner. So if you're looking for a true running back to run it downhill and run it up the gut right between the A and B gap, that's where you want to get someone like a Trey Sermon to be toting the rock. You got to have someone complimentary to him, though. I agree. He doesn't have the best uh, track record when it comes to receptions. In 2018, he only had 12 receptions for 139 yards. In 2020, he had 12 receptions for 95 yards. So obviously not leaned on, <laughs> not leaned on from a receiving perspective. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut it here and I'm going to, I want to get your thoughts because you and I may differ just a little bit with Trey Sermon here. I think he wasn't that bad to be a pass catching running back in a pinch, I guess, in that respect. Yeah, and I'm I'm a pound the drum pass catching running backs, you know, type of type of person as I was saying earlier. But looking at Trey Sermon, I didn't have a chance to really dive in on his film as much as I'd like to, but I did watch him live when they played uh, in the playoff against Clemson, um, and he is an absolute beast. I mean, this this that was this the game guy, where he went off, right? Yeah, yeah, just mows through tackles like like nothing, like hot knife through butter. He is just ready to pound 
whoever is in his way and he doesn't even care how big they are. He's, he's just ready to run somebody over. And that's something that's really exciting looking at that. Draft Network actually has him his ideal role as an early down starting running back in a communal stable. So I guess he's going to be better in a uh, in a you know in a running back by committee type of situation, like the Bucks do. Trey Sermon could be that guy that could be the downhill. He's a he, he's a beast and and he he can run. And one other thing I really want to mention is his yards after contact, insane. Watch his tape, guys. Go on, go to Google, type in Trey Sermon, T-R-E-Y, Trey Sermon highlights. Look at this dude and watch his uh, yards after contact. And it's, it's pretty amazing watching what he can do. And that could be, and I, and I would almost edge him out over Ronald Jones. And I've been a Rojo fan. And I would edge him out over Rojo in that regard. Wow. And like wow, you've been you pounding the table on Rojo. Right. And, and like you said, if the Bucks do not sign him back last year, next year, then do they have their downhill runner to substitute out? There you go. Right. But you got to find a pass catching running back to be able to compliment him. We were just talking about Trey Sermon. I, I'm really high on him. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great running back. But we've got a guy out of Texas A&M that seems to be an interesting fit for the Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for every running back, there needs to be somebody to take the snap and hand it off to him. And that's the quarterback position. And that's why I'm looking at Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. And he's 6'3", 220 pounds. Now, he doesn't have those eye-popping stats that you normally see, but he has a lot a lot, a lot, a lot of experience. He's played four years at Texas A&M. He's one of the most experienced quarterbacks in this draft. And I think a lot of people are lower on him because he doesn't pop on tape as much as the Trevor Lawrence's or the Justin Fields, the Zach Wilson's, as I forgot yesterday, and and some other guys like that, you know, Trey Lance. Um, you know, but he progressed slowly every year. In 2018, he had a he had 238 attempt or 238 completions on 415 attempts, 3,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, nine picks. Going into 2019, he had 258 completions, 419 attempts. But the completion percentage is what I'm looking at there. And he went from 57.3%, 61.6% in 2019, and then slowly progressed up to 63.3% in 2020. And on top of that, he cut down his interceptions pretty substantially. He had nine in 2018, nine in 20, um, sorry, nine in 2018, nine in 2019. And then he had only three in 2020. And what I like about him too, is that he is that dual threat. We're talking about athletic quarterbacks these days, the new NFL, as it were really abandoning the old statuesque sort of quarterbacks like Tom Brady um, is. And he has some pretty uh, steady rushing numbers, 474 yards in 2018, 500 rushing yards in 2019, only 300 in 2020. But we have to remember that he did play less games there. Um, One thing I like about him is that he does have the ability to put some touch on the ball and, and really have some anticipation. It's not as great as I'd like to see, you know, his anticipation can be coached up a bit and he's a little bit stiff with his shoulders. Um, but I think that he's a kind of guy that could come in and have the quarterback whisper coach some of those things out of him and, and really bring him to, to a place where he could be a starting quarterback in today's NFL and sitting behind Tom Brady and sitting with Bruce Arians, you couldn't really get a better combination there for developing a quarterback. And, and it's funny because I'm looking at him and right on the other side, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of people that are, that are banging the table for Davis Mills, that, uh, that quarterback at a Stanford <laughs> that we were talking about a little bit ago. And, uh, I don't Peter Schrager. 
There we go. <laughs> he started that conversation and I'm finishing it because I am a certified Mills hater, as it were. Um, you know, nothing <laughs> personal against the kid, but he just doesn't have the stats. He's played 13 games compared to the four years of experience that, that Mond has. And he's only got, what, 18 touchdowns, eight picks. And, you know, he's a statue back there. He's a statue. Here's the thing. Kellen Mond in the third round versus Davis Mills in the first round. That's, oh yeah, no, I don't think Mills. And would Kellen Mon is still a yeah. better quarterback. So yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Mills could even sniff the first round. That's why I sort of put him in this range because because you know Schrager might put him in the first, but everybody else is putting him in the third. So I just wanted to show the little dichotomy there about the kind of quarterbacks that might be looking to be picked up in the third round, and and if if they're both there and and the Bucks want a quarterback, they better take Mon. You know, there's a quarterback that is currently on the roster that was just recently brought back that actually mimics a lot of Tom Brady's style, and that is Ryan Griffin. And if you look at him coming back, that was a pretty compelling story, him coming back before Blaine Gabbert to me. I thought that was really interesting. You got to find someone that fits that mold, right? Jameis Winston was not a Bruce Arians mold. You know, it seems like... Tom Brady or someone that can be in that pocket and feel comfortable and still execute a play without getting too spooked too quickly. That's what you're looking for. You want to be a strategic quarterback and not someone that feels like you've got to make these big plays. I'm, I'm wondering here, is Kellen Mond one of those guys like a Jameis Winston that wants to make the big play or... Or do they go with someone that is more of a, like you were saying, like a statue in the back, but more strategic in his past throwing? And, and Mond is the kind of guy that is is willing to check it down and throw it in the flat. Um, he did have some big plays. He did throw it downfield. His deep accuracy is not where you know, you'd know you want it to be, especially for this deep. You got to have that too. Yeah, You got to have that accuracy down the field. So Kellen Mond, quarterback, Texas A&M in one of the more competitive conferences in the SEC. So that would be really interesting to see if Kellen Mond. Now, now here's another comparison that I'm going to ask you, Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond. Well, I think Kyle Trask is, is, is above Kellen Mond. And I don't know if it's, it's just because the yeah. better talent to throw to. Yeah, he did have, he did have that, but he also had a lot more production. Trask did. Um, Mond doesn't have the, the eye popping numbers like, like Trask. I mean, what did Trask have 43 touchdowns or something like that? And, and Mond has only, you know, his maximum amount of touchdowns in a year was 24, but it is, he's, he's a more steady kind of guy that, that, that is willing to run it. And he also brings that, that zone run element where he can, uh, you know, go to hand it off to a running back, pull it out and then run around the edge there. And, and it, it just depends on what, what Bruce Arians would want to develop going forward. We've been talking about some great picks in round three, pick number 95 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've talked about Kellen Mond quarterback. Could they go with Davis Mills? If Kellen Mond was already picked up, who knows? They want nope. a young quarterback. And, and Chris says, no, do not go with this dude. <laughs> do not. However, they should look at Trey Sermon. Absolutely should look at Trey Sermon. If he is available Maybe even in the second round, to be honest with you. If you don't have a court, if you wow, don't that have high on him, yet, that maybe high on even him, huh? in the second round at 64, that could be a possibility. We're going to go ahead and take another quick break. When we return, we're going to go ahead and wrap up talking about a couple of defensive guys, a couple of edge rushers. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to Bucks Nation. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tampa Bay. We buck them up when we raise the flags. Find the cannons and seeds today. Party. 
Hey, Bucks Nation, welcome back in. You are listening to the Bucks Nation podcast, our 2021 NFL draft coverage. We are in round three of our on the clock special series, pick number 95. Chris and I have been going down. Let's go ahead and go through a quick recap. Kellen Mond, quarterback, Texas A&M was the last guy you were just covering. And I covered Trey Sermon running back from the Ohio State. We also talked about Talanoa Hufunga. Try to say that five times fast. Talanoa, <laughs> Talanoa Hufunga, safety out of USC. A great stunt player. And then you covered and started off the series with Kenneth Gainwell, running back out of Memphis. We're going to go ahead and continue on our last and final segment of our last and final of the series. Dio Odangbo. He is an edge rusher from Vanderbilt. Now, obviously, I'm not a fan of anybody from Vanderbilt, so I probably don't have much to say about him. However, I did watch this guy. Really exciting. A great three-technique edge rusher. Again, another versatile player. This guy can flip and flop based on the position, based on the scheme. A 4-3 defensive end, a 3-4 outside linebacker. He's, he can even play defensive tackle, so he can move inside and play that three technique. Once he gets his hands on you, that's one thing that I noticed in the tape, Chris, is that once he has his hands on you, he won't let you go. But what worries me is that he's coming in from the outside. He grabs you and yanks you around, but he's got to, he pulls you down. And I'm worried you're, you know, you're going to hurt yourself. You're not using your body, but there's a, a, a plus side to that. He's not letting anybody pass him. And I thought that was pretty amazing in his tape. In 2019, he had 45 tackles with one and a half sacks. That raised some eyebrows for me. Only one and a half sacks as an edge rusher. I kind of feel like you got to be up between five to 10, even in, even in collegiate. That's just, I don't know. Maybe that's my personal. No, you're not wrong. That. You know, I, I, I feel like you should definitely be above five. In 2020, he did raise it up five and a half sacks, 32 tackles. Decent output there with the shortened amount of uh, shortened season that they had. He also had a pass deflection. So obviously he's able to get up and, and get his meaty hands up and, and be able to bat down balls. And like I said, he doesn't have great tackling technique, but he won't let you pass you. And I thought that was that was the plus side of that. Really long arms. And here's another yeah. note, actually, you, you, you brought up before. His brother, Dare, Odeyangbo. I can't even say it. <laughs> Odangbo. Gosh, I, I almost wanted to mispronounce it. So Dare Odangbo, <laughs> defensive lineman, uh, was also picked up by the Buccaneers in 2019. So there's a little bit of a Tampa Bay connection here. Uh, he was picked up as an undrafted free agent and cut right away. So uh, he did not see uh, the light of day or see the playing field with the, the Buccaneers, but there is a connection. Although yeah, there slim, is some, there's yep, a connection. Yeah, there is, there is a connection there. And, and let's, let's hope that they don't look at, at his brother and they're like, nah, this dude's a bum because he's his little brother. Um, but, you know, I think looking at those sack numbers that you were talking about too, I wanted to, to mention that because he was lining up all over the defensive line, playing nose tackle, playing three technique, playing five technique, playing edge, you know, he, he did sort of have that um, interior role a bit and he didn't have as much, you know, of an opportunity to rush the quarterback and somebody else who can rush the passer here, Jason, that I was taking a look at is Quincy Roche, who is an edge rusher out of Miami. And what's interesting about him is that he did spend three years at temple prior to that only one year at Miami. And, 
a little bit of that Bruce Arians temple connection. You know, Bruce Arians has gone out in the past and picked a guy out of temple just because he felt like it. I think he, last year in the draft, he picked up a six rounder. Can't remember his name. Might've been Quentin bell. Um, he did pick up somebody just because he was a temple guy. And you know, he probably is looking at that, but if we're going to look at Quincy Roche and seeing the Bucks take him, I think that they would have to trade up again for him. And there is another exciting little tidbit here is I'm thinking that if they wanted to get him, they'd have to jump to 86 from 95, you know, not too many spots there, but with the, with the jets. And the reason I say the jets is because they are most likely going to be picking up an edge rusher in the first round. Cause they have two first round picks. Um, and they should probably also want to jump the Steelers who again are looking for an uh, edge rush depth after losing Bud Dupree in this off season. And that wouldn't cost too much. It would probably cost about a fifth and a sixth round pick or a fifth rounder this year and a fifth rounder in 2022. So not too much there. And, and with the whole Jason light looking for who he wants, not needs, I don't think he's going to be unwilling to, to toss out his later, later draft picks for that. And what I love about Roche is that he, he does have a great pass rush repertoire. So he has all kinds of moves. He uses long arm techniques. He uses ghost arm techniques. He has some good counters. He can get tackles off balance. Um, what I don't like and, and probably why he is falling, you know, going to fall to the third round is because his hips are a bit tight and, What I mean by that is he takes the long route to the quarterback. When you see a guy like Von Miller, Khalil Mack coming around the edge, they're screaming around and they are coming in at an angle that you didn't even think was humanly possible. And Quincy Roche sort of brings it back down to earth by having to take that long way around. But he does have the ability to beat a tackle and to get around them. And that was exciting to see little bit of effort issues that I saw, you know, when the quarterback's rolling out, he might mosey on over and not really have that uh that motor that we saw out of somebody like osai from yesterday but you know jason what do you think about roche and, and what he could bring to the bucks you know going into next well year? that was my biggest takeaway was his technique and i loved watching he was using rip he was doing his shoulder dips coming around on the outside and being able to move guys out of his way he was able to just stand dudes up and just push them he was able to do swim techniques i mean the guy has an arsenal that he can get back and, and as fast as he can make it to that backfield, that was intriguing to me. Now, you had some negatives on this guy, though, and, and it raised some eyebrows to me because I'm sitting there going, is this seriously the, the best edge option, the last best edge option to pick up uh, to trade up for if they obviously don't, do, not, do not get anybody in the first and second round? The reason that I am high on him and a reason that I would think that the Bucks would have to trade up is because of his long-term production. He did play three years at Temple, one year at Miami, so that's a four-year career in college. He racked up 30 and a half sacks and 54 tackles for loss nice. over that time. So he does have those flashes. It's just the consistency that he's missing a bit. And I think someone like Todd Bowles, someone like Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett can really get into this guy's head. Like if you want to make it in the NFL, you got to have that motor. You got to show effort and you got to be able to get to the quarterback. And they, they would be the perfect team to bring that out of him. Okay, so Quincy Roche, you'd have to trade up for, or if you're still sitting at 95, you think that, Odangbo is the best edge rusher at that point. 
It, it really depends on, on how they value their edge rushers because like looking at Odangbo, he doesn't have the sack numbers that you want. And, and they sort of already have an edge uh, in Anthony Nelson, who is more of that run stuffer, that guy that you really want to bring in on first and second down to sort of anchor the outside and make sure nobody gets, gets out of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think that the Bucks would want somebody that has a little bit more of that pass rush caliber there like Roche does bring. Well, and look at who they're replacing, right? They just put Shaquille Barrett on the long term and we're replacing Jason Pierre Paul. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at that. You know, you've got to find someone that's complimentary that can play a similar style that is tall and can bat down passes that are being thrown to the outside, can can be invasive to the backfield. Uh, you know, obviously cut that cut the run down. Um, I think either one of those guys could definitely play that replacement role for Jason Pierre Paul. And many of you guys are probably wondering who, who, who are they coming in and replacing? And that's it. JPP, right? Shaq Barrett's here to stay. So uh, you got to find someone that's comparable to play that style. And I, and I do like the versatility of Odangbo Quincy Roche, I think could definitely be a very good edge option. And again, the, the, the few plays that I did watch of him just loved his technique and, uh, and, and I, and I, 30 and a half sacks, dude. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's nice. All right, folks, that'll wrap it up for episode seven. Our final episode of the on the clock series covering our 2021 NFL draft coverage for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right here on Bucks Nation. You can find me on Twitter at JC Bucks Nation. And don't forget to follow the show at Bucks Nation pod. And you can find me, Chris Schoner, at Cynical Bucks Fan on Twitter. And do not forget to check out all of our written works at BucksNation.com, where all of our writers are bringing you the best in Buccaneers headlines and storylines. Stay tuned in each week as we also bring you coverage from all different directions, including news across the NFL fantasy football and from you, Bucks Nation, submit a question or make a shout out in our new mailbag by shooting us an email at BucksNationPodcast at gmail.com or leave us a message on Twitter. Leave us your name and a message and we'll get it up on the air in an upcoming show. Leave us a review on Apple, iHeartRadio or wherever you download and stream the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Until next time, wave your flags high and fire the cannon. See you. No baby, the devil on my doorstep being so shady. Don't trip. We don't got to let him in. Don't trip.